Mangalam Gurudevaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindebhyo Sarva Lokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadharmasya Sarva Dharmasvarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Devo Param Brahman Tasmai Shri Guru Vedamaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Vande Gurum Param Param Sri Ganesha Sri Sharada Guru Namaha So last week we'll continue this week from the Kali Sasanama and um we left in a very nice name. Of course, I can't say, some people say it's a horrible name. You got skulls and tema. skulls and, 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 and weapons. But we, of course, Kali devotees tend to like these things. These are beautiful. There's uh, tea if you want, some, some herbal tea. So I'll read from last week's name. I read the verse that we mostly dealt with last week. I'll read and then kind of summarize a little bit because that can move us into this week's uh, discussion. Puta pavitra parama punya pura punya vibhushana punya nami pitihara varada kargapalini. And we started with this name Puta and we discussed as, as daughter and it's one of the root of uh, the word for daughter or son is putra or putri right and i uh a little bit not actually it's good because putri is one of ma's names she right so the the discussion was correct but the name was not exactly correct i can't i w- was relying on a translation and uh, being dissatisfied with that translation it started as translating these verses again in the first place Right, but actually, because Puta uh, here, actually, mo- more likely, especially in this cluster of names, Puta Pavitra, Parama. Uh, so Pavitra, we discover means pure or purifying, holy, sanctified. Right, and so Puta also means the same thing. It means uh, pure. So, uh, uh, so it's, it's a, it's by the conjunction you can guess there may be, uh, it could be many things. Actually, it also means pu- it also we get to we get the word putrid from Puta. Right, so it also means impure, rotting. Right, so by, by by extension, I mean you can keep by roots and like, but the fact that it's right next to pure and all these auspicious names, it probably is another name, uh, Puta, Pavitra, Parama, all these very beautiful rhymey about uh, names dealing with Ma's purity. But the fact that it could also mean that which is like putrid, or rotting, or like that, and right next to uh, uh, Pavitra could be that she's both. You know the, the the very pure and the impure, the full spectrum. That, we, that meaning could be possibly there. If I wanted to make it not exactly correction, because our discussion was correct. Uh, Putri is one of her names. It will come to, and 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 the discussion was very very nice. Uh, but thinking about this is that it's, it, I've never quite heard Putta mentioned. I was counting on a translation. Uh, we gave a commentary on a trans on, on a translation of a of a word that may not be the exact meaning. Make that correction. Puta pavitra parama para punya vihushana. She who is adorned with uh, all beautiful uh, meritorious qualities. Punya nami, that who is chanting her name, produces uh, 
merit and uh, uh, holiness, and then bittihara. Then, we, then it began to describe her four. We just we ended with her four arms. Description of her icon, basic iconography of Dakshinakali, holding a, um, uh, giving uh, a baya mudra, varna mudra, uh, uh, holding a sword and holding the severed head. And we mentioned, I have to bring out a little bit of background to make sense of this, this next little section, that generally when we give an interpretation, kind of a symbolic, philosophical, theological interpretation of Ma's symbolism, how the one becomes many, we see how, how Shiva here representing the universal consciousness ground of being Brahman, uh, Purusha, like this. Uh, it manifests, Kali is her, his or its manifestation, with one foot forward, meaning that she's She's not standing, she's manif- She's moving, she's manifesting that, that, that Supreme Consciousness. And when that manifests, it manifests through vibration, which is the sound Om. And that, that Om separates into the different sounds, the different letters or the different syllables of the Sanskrit alphabet, represented by her severed uh, necklace of skulls or severed heads, one of the meanings. Um, and then the manifest is a full spectrum of existence, both good and bad, both pleasant and unpleasant, health and... Ha- Health and sickness, uh, prosperity and poverty, peace and war, birth and death, day and night, winter and summer, the full spectrum uh, shown by the two sides of her, giving fearlessness and boons, and the, se- the, the, the knife or the head chopper, kadga, and, and the severed head. That's the basic um, fl- uh, interpretive scheme that people use for, that we ourselves use uh, uh, to understand explain it in a general way, uh, the symbolism of why is Kali holding these things. Uh, here, it, where we left off last week, uh, it's, it's interpreting those sourcing slightly different. What I just described is how the one becomes many, right, through the world. But to, to, as a devotee, that's very nice to know. It's a very, I think, a very um, uh, effective and useful view of the world. Right, how everything is divine, we see everything is divine, the good and the bad is divine, the pleasant and unpleasant divine. The world duality, behind the world duality and multiplicity is the, the one expressing. That I think is a healthy, spiritual, uh, you would say a tantric worldview, right? A world, uh, some scholars would, uh, a little foolish, but like a world positive view or like this. It's, it's seeing everything in a positive light, divine, seeing everything is divine. But to, to a sadhak, that's, that's good. It's good to have a, a worldview that's divine and correct and cor- uh, true. But it may not necessarily, in one sense it helps us by, by seeing the one, behind, the one behind the world duality. When we see duality, we see the one and transcend duality. Right? But still there's a process to not just think that, oh, I see it's Ma's uh, behind uh, our unpleasant experiences also. Or she's, or Shiva, or God is, be, is shining behind everything. That's good, but just thinking that doesn't—it's not the same thing as realization. Realization requires a, a held realization is not just like an aha moment. That's not realization, right? Not a peak experience. Not a, 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 a an intellectual. Oh, I get it—a sudden grasp of some intellectual idea. Although the, those, that's great, and these are important. But an actual to uh, Sri Ramakrishna describes the difference between jnana and vijnana. Jnana means knowledge, and Vijnana, generally in the Gita it also describes uh, devotee or Brahman, uh, Sadhu should have Jnana and Vijnana, it uses this language. So usually we think Jnana is knowledge, and Vijnana means specialized knowledge, right? So what does it mean? So usually it's understood as realized knowledge. So Sri Ramakrishna gives uh, his definition, 
or examples, he says, to know that milk comes from a cow, right? That's gyan, right? So that, that's good. It's like, oh, now I know where milk comes from. I, I never knew. That's wow. That's, that's a huge thing, right? I'll never think cows. I'll never see cows. I'll never see milk the same, right? It could change everything. But it's not the same thing, but it's some, somebody else who actually has a cow, milks a cow, drinks the milk, and gets nourishment, right? That's called vigyan, as Sri Ramakrishna said. Right, it's not just a knowledge of something. It's it's a, it's it's become fu- fully realized, fully experienced. Uh, uh, not, it's uh, 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 it's almost like a mature knowledge or something. I don't know, like more. Comp- I don't know how the activated, acti- an activated, not <laughs> activated type of knowledge. You know, you can do any. So even the knowledge, oh, everything is God. God has become everything. Behind everything is Brahman. That's true. And we can get like, wow, that what a what a awesome philosophy, right? You know, we, I never I never told that as a kid. My church never told me that. You know, these are big, huge things. These can be very big, huge things, and ramifications in all aspects of our life. But they're not the same thing. It doesn't make us saints, right? You know, a saint has that, that same type of knowledge, uh, uh, has that type of religion different. He has vigyan. He has realized knowledge, uh, activated knowledge, right? Digested. Another way we can think of it: and di- digested truth and indigested truth, right? So the way, so well, just saying, oh, behind everything is the one. That's huge, and and, and when, in a certain sense, we see the one, right? But to really experience, to really know the one, requires well, we, uh, 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 spiritual practice and transformation, purification. So then, these four, th- these four uh, arms of Kali are seen differently, right? Not a, not how she expresses everything, but how we can come back to her. How do we find her, right? And so that, those are the, the four we discussed them. Bitahara. Uh, Bitahara means this is. Bita means Bitahara is a remover of destroyer, remover, or taker of fear or anxiety. So it means Abhaya Mudra, means fear granting Mudra. Right? So, so, so as we come back to Ma, you know, there's a, it seems very scary this whole process, right? Mas Govinda. See? Bitahara. Uh, <coughs> one of her things, she holds a big. Don't know the names are coming to. <laughs> we'll get to that name. So it's not just, not just oh, we ask Abun Ma, please. I have many enemies. I have many problems. Please remove my. And so you no fear. I'll take care of it. That's that's the externalized view. Now, as for us coming back, the the way back is also very scary. We have to. There's many. There's in the external world. There may be things against us. We may need divine help to protect us, and therefore Abayam Mudra. But in the internal world, there's many more things against us. The biggest obstacle, the biggest enemy, may be our own self, is in our own way, right? That's, so we don't fear. We can I'll help you with 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 this, right? Right. So it's bitahara mudra, then varada mudra, boon giving. The same will give you whatever you need, and your way back to me, I shall give you. But then these other two are are, are more significant, uh, 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 because usually the, the the knife is that of death and of war and 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 she gives birth and she kills. I mean the life that's mother nature. She's giving people things are being born, things are dying, right? Some things eating, some things being eaten, right? Or the same same act is being eaten and eating is the same thing, right? Just some two different sides. You know this is the sword is a is a is a sharp side of it, right? But here the sword becomes actually what is it? It says um. Uh, Kargapalani, that's where we ended last week. Kargapalani is the sword of protection. Now, of course, maybe we need somebody to go, we need a, a strong deity behind us to help to protect us, right? But this is, if we take it internally, this is our inner, we need to, our, we need uh, uh, 
we discussed last week that the, the real protection is discrimination, discernment between what's good and bad, what's permanent and impermanent, what's helpful and unhelpful, what's um, uh, uh, lasting and, and changing, uh, what's, uh, uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's, what's, what, what, uh, sometimes it's a simple thing as what's good for our spiritual life, what's bad for our spiritual life. That's a big, that's a very good weapon to have, the, the weapon of discernment, right? Uh, when we ask one Bharat Seva Ashram Swami, Pornatmananda, very great sadhu, in the in the Bharat Seva Ashram, they do arati with weapons. Very interesting. They they, they during arati, all of a sudden they pick up a, a dagger and start doing like this. Then they pick up a sword and they pick up you know. It's like whoa, that's that's like what a very fascinating um, thing you know. Almost martial arts type. They do martial arts moves in front of Ma, thing in front of the guru. And then, uh, you know, very interesting, not just the, the flower and the, <laughs> like we do a fan and a flower like that. So I asked, uh, I asked one Swami, uh, uh, when Brahmacharya, and we, we were in Himalayas the first time we saw this, and he says, why do you, why do, you do with these weapons? Oh, this way we don't, we don't have to use them, right? Partially if we show them, we don't have to use them. There's a, you know, they came from a time actually just that tradition of using weapons in Bharatibhasham came during, revol- during the independence and the riots that happened in independence. So they were... A little bit, you know, becoming strong and protecting their family with weapon. Like that's un- that's one thing, but that's not that's. He gave an I gave a He gave a simple. Answer. I asked Bharatsevasham, the the more higher up Guruji, the Panatmananda, and he said, actually, we're using the weapons, not Ma. These are her weapons. These are Shiva's weapons. The trident's hers. The dagger is hers. The sword is hers. Right? He said, but we see nowadays we go to Ma. Ma, please fix it. Right, you have all these weapons. You fix everything for, for me, right? He says, but you look. It's not the, how it was in the scriptures. It, uh, yeah, Ram, you'll get there. He's reading Ramayana. Or the Ram, when it came time to um, to uh, um, uh, when Sita was abducted and he had to he had to go fight Ravana. What did he do? He did Durga Puja, right? Not so that Ma would, with all her ten weapons, go and kill Ravana. So that he'd have strength to kill Ravana, right? Give her strength. When before the Mahabharata war, Krishna. Uh, took Arjun to do Kali Puja. Not so Ma would, would kill everybody on kill the, the uh, Kauravas in the story. Right? Or the um, yeah. Sandra uh, um, Dharastra. Uh, so that he would have strength. Right? So, so that the, the sword of protection and, this, and, and these weapons, are, they're not just. T- Ma gives us the strength to do this. They, our own. We, she awakens something within us to, for this. To protect us, to fight, to uh, fight against the lower, the lower tendencies like this between, and so discernment is a very big discrimination. Discernment is a huge weapon, right? Uh, we don't. Ma, Ma shouldn't just do it for us. Ma will give us the energy to do it. She'll give us the the, the vitality, the energy, the intelligence, the ability to 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 uh, to make this careful analysis and to know what's and to, and be able to act upon it. Karkapali, and then the final one, what was the first name of verse uh, 19? Nirmunda hasta chasta. She is holding. Now this is a head, right? That she, this is the fourth item. Daima, daima, daima. Come sit comfortably up, up on the thing if you need. Uh, she's holding a, a, a severed head. That we know. And so in the in the symbolism of the one becoming many, oh, that's the you know. There's birth and death. That there's no better symbol of death than a severed head, or a skeleton or a bone like that. That's a this um, mortuary symbolism, you know, this uh, cremation ground symbolism. But here it's Nirmunda, so it's a very important. So usually we think is that you may be... <laughs> <Am I> <laughs>
Are you is she in the way of the chat? Hi. <laughs> that better? I think so. We have a thing. <laughs> I think it's probably okay. That's probably a little bit. Thank you. So, so it's not that. So usually we think, oh, she like she has uh, the. Uh, um, uh, we sometimes think, oh, like her her severed heads are demon heads, or she holds a demon head, and, and that's hard of her. Then she's killing demons like that. But here it's the Namuna. She kill. She holds a human head, right? And we get. We talked a little bit last week. This is where we kind of. I think this is exactly where we ended. Of that, this is the transcendence of hum of our. Um, human limitations and I quoted that poem slightly incorrectly of our Guruji I think t t you wrote it down I think that uh, 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 rise from animality cross the realm of humanity taste immortality you know the inconceivable something like that you know but it's like we have to go beyond our animal nature and then be also beyond our human limitations our human uh, nature uh, limit uh, so that idea here is more limitations and so this sets us up to the very next name which is a great name right so nirimunda hastacha so she holds a severed head we talked about that and so the next verse describes whose severed head chinamasta the next name i'll, I'll read the next verse nirimunda hastacha chinamasta sunashika dakshina shamala shama shanta pino natastani uh, so chinamasta Chinamasta. Uh, the Chinamasta means she who holds her own head. Of course, you know, we know the image of the deity Chinamasta. She she cuts off her own head and she holds her. Own. So it's not only so so this gives it's a very deep thing, and it, uh, it's not only she's holding some head as a symbol of death or trend or protection or demons or the general principle of the birth of death. It's a symbol of trans of, of it's a human head. So if we give the idea that it's overcoming human limitations. Right, or human uh, bound, uh, boundaries, transcending our human nature even, if that's one interpretation. Now, Chinamasta means you called her own head, right? So this this adds, of course, Chinamasta is a, de it's a Devi, so we see her, it has a very deep meaning why she, she cuts off her own head, holds her own head. But if we internalize a little bit, who she holds her, Chinamasta is the name of a deity, a form of Kali, one of the Dash Mahavijas, right? Uh, popular in later Buddhism and in, and, and in later forms of Tantra. Tantric Buddhism and later forms of Tantric Hinduism. It's a, a fairly late deity as far as the cultic figure, right? But Chinamasa literally just means she who holds her own head, right? So if we're to interpret this head that she's holding, you know, usually we don't see any image. She she has her head and she's holding a head, but we're given a little hint. She's holding her own head, actually. In one sense, everything is hers. That's a, could be one simple meaning. Everything is her and everything is her. But this is. And, the, and, and in the stories and, the st and in the images of Chinamas and that incredible deity, a severed head has a lot of um, uh, potential meaning, right? It, it, it's, very, it's a very stark, it, there's no starker symbol than a severed. I mean, you see even in the news, right, in the news, you want to make a very strong statement, right? You cut off somebody's head publicly. I mean, there can't be more... Dramatic. It's, it's so sh it's so shocking at such a deep, deep, deep possible level, right? Uh, 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 the guillotine in the olden days and things like what. Uh, uh, these are very extreme uh, 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 image. 
even the Queen of Hearts screams, cut off your head, cut off her head, you know, has some meaning. So, and so, and, and, and you're confronted with severed heads continuously in the images, in the image and iconography of Kali. I mean, she, she has a severed head, right? She wears a narc, I'm wearing uh, uh, rejection, but she has a, a mala of severed heads or of skulls, right? It's, it's, this, the theme is repeated, you can't get away from this. And we're told that this has, I mean, it has to have some deep meaning, right? It could ha just have very old primal, uh, tribal primal uh, meaning, but the yogis and the devotees have thought about it very deeply and, it's, and have engaged these symbols and have gotten, they pulled much meaning we can um, uh, uh, be benefited from their ideas. So one, one idea of the severed head what, what what is it? What is the head? The head represents our our our, our thinking, right? Our conceptions, our personality, right? Uh, it also represents our thoughts, and re I mean thoughts. Are, it represents our words. That's what we don't think. Ma has her garland of, of of severed heads, and we say this is called the uh, um, uh, Mundama. Mundamala is also Akshamala. So it's her. It's her. It's her. Um, uh, it represents the symbol, the, the the letters of the, or the syllables of the Sanskrit alphabet, right? The one sound becomes many sounds. That's a very strange thing. Why, why have an uh, uh, why represented with heads, right? But those, actually, our ability to think in words and to speak in words is from is it's not our heads, not just our thoughts, it's also our mouth, right? So literally, the very thing that speaks and and expresses. Right, and conceptualizes and expresses is is a head. So it's a very actually actually think about it, it's actually a very perfect symbol of, of of the alphabet because it's spoken only by the head also. So the head represents conception, represents words, represents language, right? And chinamasta is at a particular state, uh, not particularly at the final realization. Everything is literally blown apart, blown up. The head, the top is blown off. You know. Uh, Beyond. So one of Ma's names in here it was is um, Avyakta. She was beyond speech. We've dealt with that name before, right? So this is a philosophical idea, right? But and we can think we have an idea what what it means being beyond speech, right? That's not the same as being literally beyond the realm of name and form and speech, right? So that experience. So in in this in the images of Chinamasta, I mean everybody, most people here maybe have, who attended our talk on Chinamasta some time back, we talked on the name Prachanda, Chandika, Chanda, and Prachanda Chandika. There's there's a group of names, right? Very important. And Chanda means very fierce, and Prachanda means the most possible fierce, right? And Prachanda is the name of of Chinamasta, right? And so we think, oh, like like a, a form of Kali that, like. So, I mean, who, who kills Chanda and Munda, right? These two horrible demons, right? That's, that's, uh, that's uh, Chanda, uh, 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 very fierce, you know, that, that we have stories of, of her, her greatness in battle, this very angry, f fierce form of the Devi that, that destroys demons. That's very fierce, right? It's good to have her, to worship her and have her on your side, without a doubt, right? But Prachanda is the most possible fierce, because she cuts off her own head. Right, that's this is Shinova. So we we see, we it's we want the divine to help us purify to get rid of our obstacles, but do we don't want the divine to get rid of us? That's a very fierce form. That's but Chinamasta cuts off her own head, right? So that's a harder thing to pray for, right? The transfer the the full transformation or 
kind of this word transformation is such a modern idea for this. It's it's the annihilation of the of, of the sense of self, right? The uh, the ego sense of the the. Uh. And in the image of Chinamasta, she, many people have seen the image. You know, she has she's flanked by two uh, attendant deities, sometimes associated with Jaya and Vijaya, the attendants of the Devi, uh, usually known as Dakini and Vajrini. Uh, uh, which means the left and right side <laughs> shaktis, you know. Uh, um, and so, in in the story, I'll, I'll summarize the story a little bit quickly. We told the story a while back, but some few people weren't here. It's important. Uh, in can't say the story because the, the the deity, even her iconographic form, doesn't fit the actual stories mentioned in the scriptures. Uh, I think the stories were like back engineer, reverse engineered. We have these, these this form of, of the Devi worshipped in, in the revealed in the tantras and in the Buddhist scriptures. Uh, and then, what does it mean? Then stories have been kind of filled in in later texts. The the, the stories about her come after the images of her. So I think they're kind of written to fill in details, but they're still very interesting. The most common one that we find in in the in, in the tantric shastras is that uh, um, Devi uh, Parvati. Uh, she's uh, uh, with her daughters, Vajni and, and, and Dakini. They went to the uh, Ganga or the river, some river to uh, uh, maybe, Ma, uh, what is it, Manasaravar Lake up, up in Kailash. They went to take a bath. And she began to think, she be, uh, Devi Parvati began to think of Shiva. And thinking of Shiva, she became aroused sexually. And she began to, and that's part of the symbol, representing the waking of Kundalini in the symbolic language of the Tantras. And just then, her children, her two daughters are asking, Jai Ma, Jai Ma. Back here, you can see. Uh, um, come sit here and sit comfortably. Uh, uh, she, uh, so her daughters, her daughters are going, Mommy, I'm hungry. And she's like, not now. I'm thinking about something. <laughs> she is like like that. But mom, I'm hungry, right? There's no but like the, But in in that moment, she, not knowing what to do, she says she, she took her fingernails and cut off her own head, and fr- and from that uh, uh, release of this uh, shakti, she fed from two streams of of, of the blood that came. Uh, that her two attendant daughters were fed, and the third one she herself took, right? Uh, uh, so it's a great symbol of this awakened. Tremendous kund- uh, shakti, of awa- uh, force of awakening, uh, um, and the the, co- the the what she's thinking about is union with her Lord, union with the self, union with God, Shiva, right? But her her nature is also to feed. She had to figure out to have that union and still feed her children, right? So it's that great thing of, uh, of motherly love plus that the union of of, of Shiva and Shakti. And so we have to think also a little, a little bit. I mean, some yogis have have given this instruction, and we have to, to, to how to meditate upon her. That the the un, that our real desire is for God, right? Still, everything. And if we attain that desire, if we attain that final uh, realization, the union of Shiva, and Shiva if if the kun, represented in in, in tantra is the waking of Kundalini through the chakras, sashara, literally a thousand head and beyond represented by the blowing off of the head uh, the cutting off of the head also the other things are also satisfied they're also fed the things that Ida and Pingala need will also be satisfied right but if she stopped and goes oh you're right you're right my honey you know and fed Ida and fed Pingala and did all the things in the material world and the mental world and emotional world like that still her the everything seems to be satisfied but she's still nothing satisfied 
right? Because the, the children will be hungry later, and mom will still be unsatisfied, right? So you have to you get that final. The, fi- the what we really want is union with the absolute. That's the, the ultimate goal, right? But are we? Prachandya, Prachandya, she's the most fierce. Are we willing to do the that ultimate sacrifice? Sacrifice of the ego, right? And so we could. And and so in Thai, thinking about today during lunch and the like, thinking about what we're going to say about uh, having. We spoke a while back of almost everything I need to. I want to say about uh, Chinamasta a couple a month a month ago. Uh, thinking what what more can we say? And we think Chinamasta. Oh, that means great because there's all these tantric practices and we can worship Chinamasta with Chinamasta yantras and cool mantras and do abhishekams. And I mean, and Chinamasta puja gets to be a pour. You have to pour alcohol into the fire. And maybe kill the animals and we wouldn't do that. That doesn't seem right. Maybe we have to get a dead body to sit on. We can't do that. You know, all these cool tantric practices, right? You go at midnight into a cremation ground. That's the way you worship Chinamasta, right? It's cool. Her bead mantra is a cool vajra She is a lightning ball to pure perception. You know, it's like really cool tantric stuff right so but i think that's a great because i may be <laughs> maybe maybe overstepping the uh, appropriateness right because sometimes if it's if we're trying to transcend the ego if she represents the transcendence of the ego right these type of things are just games in the ego these are toys in the hands of the can be toys in the hands of the ego right holy mother said when somebody asked her how do we awaken kundalini can kundalini yes kundalini has to be awakened without kundalini awakened there's no realization well, that's the next question. How do we awaken Kundalini? You know, oh, by daily japa, pray to the master to purify your mind. That could be the way your Kundalini will be awakened, right? So that's the pain. I think that's the real chopping of Chinamasta. <laughs> like, oh man, but what about the meditation? Hmm? Yeah, well, that, that famous story that uh, uh, Krishnadas tells the story where they went to, uh, they all went, they you know, found this great mystical, mis- uh, miraculous saint, Neem Kroli Baba, right? So, so how do we realize God? He says, well, love love everyone. And Krishna says, great. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. You know, like, so they wanted like some pranayama technique and special bandha and put your, you know, this type of, you know, these type of things. We want something cool, right? Something for the ego to play with, you know? Right? And he says, no, no, okay, how do we let the, the, we didn't ask the right question. We didn't get the right answer. He says, how do we awaken Kundalini? That's a better question. He says, oh, feed everyone. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the thing. Cause sometimes the simple thing is what we need to do, right? You know, but the the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, to go be to go be to uh, uh, real kundalini awakening, going real going beyond uh, uh, body conscious, beyond even ego consciousness. That has to be when the the kundalini tantric yogis describe as awake as a full awakening of kundalini. That's but and and the full awakening of kundalini is only possible with purification. Therefore, all these names, Puta and Pavitra, all these beautiful names, Punya, uh, Punyanami, whose names produces benefit, right? So it's by sadhana, by years of sadhana, right? By spiritual practice, by humble, by becoming humble and devoted, uh, by chanting the divine name. Every name changes karmas, changes, changes slowly, slowly. Ego uh, devotion rises, ego goes down. More and more God, the thought of God more, thought of self less. That transition happens. Then something happens within. There's a there's a energetic. It seems to be it's the way it's described as an, uh, uh, between these two poles, of, of, of a negative and positive pole. We have God that's everything, and the self which is actually in comparison nothing but that, right? That between those two things there seems to be when the the uh, the, the tension between between these two gets so intense, right? That we could almost imagine like a static. Then there is a spark something across that arc of consciousness, you know, 
that we sometimes describe energetically by the tantrics and like as awakening you know, as a as that lightning bolt of a consciousness of awareness kundalini awakening right <coughs> where the self is transcended and so our guruji used to say uh, we have it on tape and one of the one of the few things we have him videotape saying right he says that that when entering that state when that when that experience that inner experience happens that then entering a fool can you come out being wise right that's a bit that's one of the symptoms the problem is that we no matter how much cool things we do we st- <laughs> we're the same fools playing with the same toys as we did before right but to have that experience how much even when when m saw sri ramakrishna in ecstasy for the first time he says is this is this possible right he says and he, th- he says how much Swamiji translated beautifully how much austerity how much renunciation how many how much years of devotion and prayer and and purity how much purity is required for such an experience to have that transcendent experience you know anyways uh, uh, nirmunda shastahasta cha chinnamasta shunashika Shunashika is uh, very I didn't quite know what to say about this right in the image of Chinnamasta if you see general p- pictures and the Dhyan Mantra I sh- should have brought the, Dhyan, uh, the, the beautiful Dhyan Mantra of Chinnamasta it describes her holding her own head right but in the beer and with, oh, with an upward turn very it describes it very poetically right she's holding you know this beautiful as she's drinking the stream of the Shushumna Nadi the 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 awakened Kundalini, she's drinking, being nourished by, by her own Shakti, right? And it describes her, her upward pointy nose and the way her eyes are like that. So it could be this new name, Srinashika means beautiful nose, right? <laughs> so that could be uh, part of the iconographic image describing the, the, the Dakshina, uh, um, uh, uh, the Chinamasta Rupa, right? It could also mean that she has a very beautiful nose, right? <laughs> like Amal also has, you know, she has beautiful long hair. Right, uh, she holds. She has, you know, describes her beautiful, her beautiful features, but it's just kind of stuck here. It's not. A, it's not. It's not an obvious why. In sometimes the names are are gathered together to have some seem to have some meaning, right? <coughs> right. Uh, 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 um, beautiful or auspicious. Uh, so what this means? It could just be she has a beautiful. She just has one of her beautiful quality of her, of her face. <coughs> if it's connected to Chinamasta and it's con- and Chinamasta is connected to Kundalini, the nose also has a lot of interesting significance, right? Because the Ida and Pingala, when they when they come up, Ida and, P- Ida and Pingala, Chris, uh, we when we visualize whether it's literally energetically happening or this is a way of understanding a deep psychological. Uh, awakening, but we usually vis- it's usually they've been explained as Ida and Pingala start at the base of the spine, and they crisscross through the body. Where they cross, we call those chakras, right? You, when you have two streams of energy crossing, there's if you have two two streams of light crossing, there's going to be a bright spot where they cross. Or if you have two streams of energy crossing, there's going to be movement. So swirl. There's wisdom ways of describing energetically this like that, where they cross, and they end at basically they end at at uh, uh, at at the, at the, at the, we'd call the third eye, right? And then there's a, there's a shushumna, ida and pingala, and the shushumna and shush, the ida and pingala end at the third eye in the, in the forehead, and the shushumna keeps going up. That's usually how, if we were to draw it out, that's how we'd visualize it or draw it out. Give me a piece of wood. Thank you.
So, in the Gita it says that the yogi meditates on the tip of the nose. Now, it's an interesting thing. Usually we think of, in modern day yoga, we're not told to meditate on the tip of the nose. We're told to meditate on the third, usually like this. But that's a very, fairly modern thing, right? Usually the tip of the nose is considered. But we discussed before, there's actually two tips of the nose, right? The nose is not, you know, this is one tip and this is another tip to the top. And the nose represents actually the full spine, right? In, 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 in yoga, there's a whole, there's a very deep science called Swara Yoga and uh, describes how the movement of breath, how do you know which, which Ida Pingala is moving? You can tell, it's simple, which nostril is open. Uh, so you can tell, you can, you're right now you're breathing only through one nostril, primarily through, through one nostril. Most of us never notice this. In UCI class, full of yoga teachers, right, we, and we, we, descri- we began to describe Swara Yoga, I made a simple comment that in any given time we breathe only through one nostril, and then other people like, and you, they're like shocked. These are yoga teachers, never notice. We, no, we never even notice that how we breathe, right? That's where we're so unconscious of these things. But yogis are super hyper conscious of these things. And so the way, so the, 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 so what's happening, the, what we consider the base of the spine is also happening right here. And maybe it's only happening there. Maybe the whole thing is just how the breath goes and affects the, 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 the lobes of the brain. Who, who, know, who knows, right? We vi- we're visualized as in the base of the spine. It could just, this could be the base of the spine. But it is the base of the spine. The, uh, the tattva at the, at the muladhara is prithvi tattva, and the and the and the, the uh, um, and the uh, uh, what's it called the um, the sense or the organ of the organ of sense at the at, is the smell, right? So even though it's the muladhara and smell are connected, right? And the top of the spine, which is the third eye, also is the top of the the nasal passage, right? And you, and also there's very clear even which way which 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 chakra is which which um, um ida and pingala is open according to right and left nostril which chakra is active you can also tell by the breath flow of the breath very interesting whether that the breath flows in the bottom at the bottom of the nose whether it flows in the top of the nose you can even do experiments it's, it's weird but it's true <laughs> right you can get a mirror and breathe on a mirror and you can see which shape is left on the mirror will show which which tattva is as predominant and therefore which chakra is uh, so if it's a square it could be muladhara chakra right where earth element is predominant right and you can so you can know what uh, if it's a, a crescent it could be the uh, uh, the second uh, second chakra right so it'll be a triangle it'll be the third chakra you can you, there's some ways you can tell like that so some people are very care they're very conscious of which nostril is moving which chakra is is predominant is is awakened so everything's in the nose so maybe even her sticking this little she has a beautiful nose or auspicious nose the nose may be important and also the nose is in the head <laughs> right and the nose is not only the full chakra and the top and the top of the nose is is um is the third eye, right? So the nose has so it may have more significance than we think on a yogic level. Whether or not it's the intention of the author to put this name, she who has a beautiful nose, right here. But I'm thinking it's because it, it's 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 a strange place to put it right after chi- severed head, chinamasta, pretty nose. <laughs> That's a very to me it's just like a straight. And there's no other thing in this section that describing and lovely ears and nice eyebrows and you know there's names like that that describing her physical beauty. Right, and but this is not such a cluster. So anyway, so Sunashika. So then, very these other names are more we'd expect with Kali iconography, but more. The next name is Dakshina. 
So Dakshina. So we worship actually in in of course our 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 ma is called Dakshinishwari. Dakshinishwari. And uh, Dakshinishwari means a goddess from Dakshinishwar or of Dakshinishwar. Dakshinishwar, the at Dakshinishwar Kali Temple was built. Uh, uh, the, the village it was uh, the na- the ma that uh, that's worshipped there is Ma Bhavatini, the saviors of the universe. But she her form is also called Dakshinakali, right? And so it's very nice Dakshinakali at Dakshinishwar. So Dakshinishwar is the lord of uh, is the name. There's an ancient Shivalingam put by a, a king in in that village called Baba Dakshinishwar, and you can walk. It's not far from Dakshin, 15 minute walk from the Dakshinishwar temple into the village on the Ganga side. You can see that beautiful ancient Shivalingam. Uh, uh, saw it many times. And so it was named. So what? Did, why make a uh, a name for Shiva, the the lord of the of of, of the, the lord of the Dakshina? Dakshina means. Anybody know what Dakshina means? Everybody knows what Dakshina means. Anybody? South, south, south. right, and south. Baal. So you've given a good reason. You've given a good, good answer. <laughs> right. It means the, the literal meaning, the the obvious meaning, the the primary meaning is south. So Daksh, so Dakshineshwar is the Lord, the Lord Shiva, the Lord of the south, of the southern direction. And so Daksh, so and and so Dakshin, so our goddess is the goddess from the village of the Lord of the south. And so Dakshina Kali is one meaning is South Faithing Kali or the Kali of the South. Right. And there's many forms. Actually, each one of these names, I was thinking also today, uh, it's getting putting the mats out. I was thinking each one, these are names of Kali. So you can say, you can say, you know, and obviously Dakshina Kali is one of the form of Kali. The Dhyan Mantra we have is called for Dakshina Kali. But there's also Chinamasta Kali, Sunashika Kali, Nirmunda Hasta Shasta Kali, Karkapalini Kali, Varada Kali. Each one, could, these are all Kali's names. Each one could be a form of Kali, manifestation of Kali. Jaya Ma. Um, Dennis, uh, you have a place? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, <coughs> so Dakshina, uh, uh, Dakshina Kali is the most uh, popular form of Kali in the modern times. Um, uh, so what is a, what is so the the goddess of the of, of the south or south facing goddess both meaning and so actually our temple is not exactly right Dakshinishwar Kali should face south which means when you look at her you'll be facing north right yes north, north. yes yes I'm very bad with directions directions are really important there's names of God based upon them right I'm not very good at directions. Um, and so usually temples we face east for most deities, and and the, and and the deity faces west, right? That's a coming. That's a very common. Almost most temples this way. In Dakshinishwar is a beautiful way to see because Ma faces south, right? But just next to the Kali temple, there's a Krishna temple, but Krishna faces west. Therefore, when you're worshiping Krishna, you'd face east, and you turn and so because the different deities face different directions, right? So why does there's certain deities that face south? There's not many that face south. Uh, Kali faces south. Hanuman often is put facing south. Bhairava is often put facing, especially Chetrapal Bhairava, the protected Bhairava facing south. There's a reason, because in the direction, all directions have deities, associated called the Dikpala, the protective deities. So we'll, we'll, we'll map, we'll, 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 we have to map it out. Adi Keshav just said he made pictures of each of the deities and put them on this wall. So he's like literally surrounded by, to get a full, I'm thinking about doing it in my room, I think it'd be cool to really feel the way the directional deities spread consciousness and very very fascinating great idea so east is anybody know Krishna in Indra 
the protective oh, deities. East. Yeah, East is is Indra. So you can see he's the Lord. So he's at the, then the sun comes up and like it's a Indra, right? Then what is that? That's a southeast. Southeast. Southeast is Agni, called Agnikone. We call it, right? Uh, so actually, even in the temple room, we have hanging in the window to the southeast of Ma, right? We have a la- we get, we keep a candle usually burn, burning there. It's a good place for Agni. It's Agni uh, place. And then south, we go that way. That is Yama. So that gives the thing. He's, that's Yama means death, right? And so deities that are facing south, what are they doing? They're controlling death, right? They're keeping death at bay, right? And so like 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 Hanuman, right? Uh, Bhairava, he's looking that the, this, the the energy of death comes from the south, right? Uh, and so Ma faces south. She's looking straight at death. Right, that's one way. One way of thinking. One way of thinking of it. Then uh, uh, southwest, right? It's called. Uh, 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 sometimes it's called Rakshasa or Niritri. This is the uh, um, the demons come from that side. Chaos comes from that side, right? Even we we take food from Mal's Prashadam and we give a little bit in that corner every day. That those energies get fed on the outside of the fence. <laughs> they come and they're being pacified. Right, we have to. They have to be. You have to give everything its proper place, right? Then to the west is uh, anybody know? I'll give you a hint. We have a river going there. There, so that's very nicely set. This is a uh, Varuna, uh, a god of water, right? So actually, it's very good that we have water on on the on, on the west side of the temple, right? And the house that's built. I, I, there's ashrams built according to Vastu. I mean, you can't get a drink of water on this side of the. You have to walk way over. They only put the the bathrooms and the water, everything on, they won't, there's nowhere, they, they do it, sometimes they build, how to build according to the principles. Then the um, north west, west northwest I guess is, I'm very bad at visualizing, that is Vayu, air. Then north is Kubera, Kubera is uh, wealth, the god of wealth, right? And then northeast, this is uh, Isha. Ishanakone, they call it, or Shiva. Shiva's corner. So you see, even here in the in the Duni, the the Trishul is in the east in the north in the northeast corner. That's Shiva's corner. At the temple also, if you look at Ma, Shiva's in in that corner. It's Shiva's uh, realm re, re, uh, side. And so we sit. We generally we sit to meditate. We face facing east, right? That's uh, for Indra and the sun like that. Or we face northeast for Shiva. Or we faced um, uh, uh, north, Kubera and Lakshmi, and all those auspicious. These are these energies are auspicious. We would not want to face death while we chant our mantra, or face chaos while we chant our mantra. This is okay, this is one way of thinking. It. I'm not telling you re- rebuild your house and knock down walls and like that. Maybe you should. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the problem. We're all happy that our houses aren't built right. <laughs> We're not facing the right direction, right? But there's some direction. So, but the fact that she's she's Dakshina Kali is a reason for that. Dakshina means death. The realm of de- death, right? Sometimes deities are put in the south, facing like uh, 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 Aya uh, Haranji, Sri Aya, uh, great tantric uh, guru. We had a picture. We I was we were told by one sadhu, tantric sadhu, you need Bhairava here. We have, but no, no, you need Bhairava in your every every house needs every your room needs Bhairava to protect is a protective deity, right? And so you need you need the temple, you need Bhairava. We have Bhairava outside, but not in the temple. And, and and generally, so that body was not facing the right direction. You, face, you know, he's their 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 text says this. You should face the right direction. So we take this and we ask Haranji. Somebody gave us a picture of Bhairava, and where should we put it? 
right? He says, oh no, and then the temple, but it's face, it's in the in the, in the south, facing north. I got to, like you leave the text say that she should he should face. It's different. It's interesting. When he fa- when the deity faces south, it's controlling, right? It's stopping. It's protecting. It's like with a, with a uh, that's Chaitra Paul Bhairava. He's a he's a guard, right? He's a guard keeper. You put him at that, that gate. Who's coming, right? Nobody can come in, right? Without his permission. But when they fa- when they're we're in that direction, they're the lord of those deity of those spirits, right? So it's not that he's against death, right? She is. I mean, Bhairava is the lord of death. He himself is death, actually, right? And we worship him, so we have nothing to scare. If he's all those energies are his energy, he gives a face that we know and worship of all those energies. Very different idea. I thought very interesting. But Dakshina Kali. So as you said, Dakshina also means right, right? And so uh, here Dakshina Kali means no, no, it's too smoky. Too much smoke or too much devotion? I don't know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> Dakshin also means right. So this is usually a reference to which foot is forward. Dakshin Akali is described usually with one was her right foot forward, right? And of course, we think Ma is standing on Shiva. That's one we that's described like that. But usually we think Ma is she's stepping forward. I mean, she's walking on Shiva, not standing on Shiva. Right, somebody is moving. Standing is standing straight. When you have one foot forward, means you're moving. So one second, her left foot, her right foot forward. That means the next moment could be her right, her left foot, and the next moment could be her left foot. And the right, walking is foot by foot. Each one of these is going to be different, right? And so the right foot forward is considered a, a very, um, a very benign form of kali. Uh, this is a, a that of you know health, prosperity, happiness. Left foot would be the cremation kali. Right, which is death, sickness, everything falling apart, you know, the, the, the end, you know, these type of things. And you can see life is constantly like that. There's one foot, you know, and one foot, one foot, one left, right, left, right, good, bad, birth, death, pleasure, pain, su- success, failure, honor, dishonor. It's going to be I mean, sometimes year, sometimes sometimes these steps seem to take ages and yugas, right? Sometimes they take days, sometimes they take seconds <laughs> you know, like people can go from this to that and i mean just how far how fast miles running i guess you know so it's 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 a move f- so dakshina kali is considered a benign form of kali and and the forms of kali that are usually worshipped by devotees in the normal like uh um, um they're usually in that category of dakshina kali uh, um, uh, um also shama kali actually the next these names will be there actually, before i get there they're connected so Dakshina Kali is right foot forward. When the when the left foot forward Kali, that's not a simple thing. You know, left foot is Smashan Kali. It's not Smashan Kali. It's other very specific characteristics. One of her characteristics is she has her left foot forward. Right. There's forms of Kali that we have, like we worship the form that Holy Mother worship. We all see Smashan Kali. It's not exactly Smashan Kali. Right. It's, it, she has her left foot forward, the left foot forward Kali. So it's not the normal pose of Duck. But the the things in her arms and described these described as as Dakshina Kali. Right, but, but but even though it's a Dakshina Kali Rupa by her meditation, which she holds in her arms, the fact that her left foot is forward, it's she's in very she's in, in that picture. She's in battle. She's not sitting there giving blessings. She's in full battle already. That painting, the battle painting, right? So it, it's it's a it's a fierce it's the it's the benign form of Kali, but in fierce movement. Um, 
right? Uh, uh, Yuli Smashan Kali is as as well as her left foot uh, or, or uh, left foot being forward. She holds like you know instead of holding uh, giving Abaya in this, she holds a sword in this hand, right? Well, you know, it's like there's is there any is there anything giving blessing? It all seems to be you know weapons and skulls and like that. So these are it's a slightly different rupa, you know. But the simple thing to say, oh, Smashan Kali or, 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 or Dakshina Kali. So Dakshina Kali is a benign form, her right foot forward. Right also has another meaning. Right Dakshina here also also means, um, how would I say, it, as a, as a this duk, she's the Kali of the Dakshin Marg, of the right, uh, the right-handed, not only right-footed, but the right-handed path. Right, and Dakshina Marg, we described actually the, the Kali Sasarama is a text of th- that, that, that blends three traditions uh, Vama Marg, Dakshina Marg, and Kaula Marg. Right. And some names will be, are, are, can only be understood from certain uh, uh, traditions. And so Dakshina Marg is what that our temple is based upon, which Sri Ramakrishna taught and authorized his disciples to follow. Um, um, Although he himself practiced every imaginable form of tantra near his own sadhanas, his conclusion and his train of his own disciples, he says that you, uh, he only established this dakshina tradition, and dakshina tradition, this dakshina mark tradition is it's, it's, in one thing you could say one simple way we can say it, that it's in conformity with main kind of the mainstream Hinduism, right? It's not purposely trying to flout uh, convention. There are forms of tantra that part of their function, one of their practices, part of their practices, is to try to break the mind from com- conventional thinking, right? Because in a certain sense, we have to go beyond all, to lose our head, to go beyond all, all conception, all limitations, right? And so even like, like between purity and impurity, it seems a general thing we say between pu- purity and impurity are the same, but actually purity is better, right? Good and bad are the same, but good's better than bad. I mean, this is the language, good is better than bad, you know? <laughs> The cartoon song about it, bad is better than good is better than bad. I forget anyway, there's some stupid TV cartoon song like this, right? Good, uh, anyways, I forget. Um, uh, but there could be a point imaginable that good is also in the way. So Sri Ramakrishna, but he show how he said, I, I pray to mother, here is thy dharma, here is our dharma. Take them both. Right, the, the that's Dakshina Marg way of transcending Dharma and Adharma. We want devotion, not Dharma, or Dharma. Right? Of course, Dharma is better than not Dharma. Right? If we're if we're in morality and we're following the scriptures, we're not being we're not doing our duty to our family, to our children, to our to our religion, to our community, to our country. And then japa and meditation probably has no meaning. You know, we have to Dharma. It's not that, but there could be a thing. We shouldn't be overly attached. Like oh, oh I'm doing my duty I'm so great that's also in the way right and uh, so Thakur simple said I took I held flowers in my hand and says Ma here's thy dharma here's thy adharma here's thy um, uh, uh, purity here's thy impurity right take them both and give me pure love I want love not not purity right that's that's Thakur's way of dealing with these same knots right but there could be another way it's like oh. How do I how do I overcome here's purity I can how do I how do I overcome impurity by become how do I overcome the attachment to purity by doing things in, by purposely doing impure things right how how do I overcome my attachment to dharma by becoming a dharmic 
right? And people, and, and there, these are practices. In the olden days, there, uh, this practice, these type of practice, would be done by by one uh, percent of one percent of kali upasaks may engage the practices. Now there, there's books just on this, uh, and, and 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 the saints that we try to we like and worship or uh, try to follow. Oh, there there are examples. We want to. We, oh, we have to go beyond purity and purity. Actually, we need to be. We, we don't even. We're in, we're beyond purity and purity because we don't know the difference, mm-hmm. right? So it's like our problem is not we're too pure, <laughs> right? And we're and we're too. Our, our big problem. Everybody here is their problem. You're too way too dharmic, right? That's our. The, that's the problem in America. We're too dharmic and too pure and too clean and too too nonviolent and too. You know that's not our problem. You know so so it's not. It's it's a fictitious thing of the mind. It's another play uh, a game in the mind to say oh, I have to go beyond and and, and flout uh, social uh, standards. We shouldn't be trapped by anything, but these things have their value, and 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 so Dakshinamarg Tantra, or these practices, the same thing has to be accomplished. Duality has to be transcended, right? The, the uh, our attachments and aversions have to be overcome, but they can be done in a way that's not, not that's not that's that's not 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 potential for reveling in the dark side, in the in the sensual, in the in the in the uh, in, in the. Uh, uh, the uh, unconventional, you know. That's, so this is Dakshinamarg. Vama Marg, Vama, this, this problem is Vama, we say, oh, Vama Marg means left-handed. Vama does not mean left. Vama means uh, uh, very intelligent, careful. Right? So, so that's also very, it's a, a very, uh, very, very exact. Like, like Vamana. Lord Vamana is not the left-handed form of Vishnu. That's not that's what his name is. So it's, Vamana Marg is not opposite of Dakshinamarg. It's a different Dakshinamarg is 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 a particular thing, and Vamamarg is a very careful, difficult practice, right? Done by very, it has to be done very carefully, right? So it's, we have to understand uh, skilled is a way, one way to describe it. Very skillful, right? Uh, we have to be very careful. Uh, so anyways, Dakshin. So here, Dakshin, Dakshin means south. Dakshin means right. Dakshin means can't say conventional because religion shouldn't be conventional. That's what I mean. But it's not purposely trying to break Hindu Dharma. And scriptural rules, right? You know, that's not the. Uh, there's no intrinsic value in just doing that. You know, and there may be great value in, 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 in letting the dharmic practices purify us and our doing our duty to our children, our family, and our, our country, and our religion, our community. These are, that may, these may not be a bad thing in our spiritual life, right? Right. There could be a point where they hold us back. You know, so we have to be open to that. So, uh, uh, Chinamasta. Sunashika, Dakshina, Shamala, Shama. So this is connected to Dakshina Kali and Shama Kali are very deeply connected. Takur talk when uh, Keshab Go- Keshab uh, uh, Keshab Sen asks Keshab Sen, right? Keshab Sen on the book right to Takur, he asks, "How does Kali play? What are different ways that Kali play? Oh, Kali plays in many ways, right? And he describes there's Shama Kali, Raksha Kali, Rakta Kali, Smashan Kali." He gives a few different uh, like this. He's giving four or five of the thousand names he gave, right? And he says, and Shamakali says Shamakali, if I remember, has a very gentle nature. What, remember what he said? Exactly. And if everybody has a gentle nature, he says she's worshipped in the Hindu household. Right? She is a form that's worshipped in the home, right? Uh, 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 people pray to her, although she's Kali, we pray to her like she's Lakshmi. We pray to her like she's Annapurna, because she is Annapurna. She's another one of her forms, right? She is Saraswati. She is Lakshmi, right? So in the temple, when you go to a temple, she's Dakshin. This is, this is Shamakali. 
the Shama means dark or black. But Shama Kali is very specific form. So this form of Dakshina Kali we're describing is also Shama Kali. It's one. It's the same uh, form. Uh, <coughs> the Dhyan mantra given in Tantrasada on uh, of, of Dakshina Kali is the one we're, we're worshiping in Shama Kali. But still, she's in the cremation ground. But here we don't see the cremation ground. Right, we surround her not with bones and jack howling jackals. Right, we have beautiful flute. Mu- we had Hari Prashad Chasya playing uh, flute music all day. Right, it's serenading her. Right, not howling dogs. Right, and 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 rather than and and than blood and bones, we have red flowers. Right, and 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 and, and, and uh, bashma and incense. Like uh, rather than burning flesh of the funeral pyre, we have incense burning. Right, right. But so this is the way she's she's prayed to, but with knowledge that. She is that goddess also. She's not just Lakshmi. She's not just Annapurna. Can't say just Annapurna, but you know what I mean. It's not. This is. She's. She's. Uh, she's. Everything. But she's come in a form. She's the way. She's the one that's where she's the form of Kali, that's worshipped in the home, right? Smashan Kali isn't worshipped in the home, right? Generally, Smashan Kali, uh, is worshipped only by uh, uh, certain types of tantrics and sannyasis, sadhus, right? Because it's good to know that everything ends and go beyond name and form like that, but it's not good when you when when you have children to feed, right? <laughs> right? When you need to find a job, right? That every the cremation ground is it's at the at the cremation the creation ground, everything is stripped away, right? And and it's a very powerful spiritual thing to have everything stripped away, right? But not at the wrong time, right? You know, it's like people like Saturn. Everybody's scared of Saturday. Saturday, Sanishwara We should always bow to Saturn. If you mention his name, everybody has to bow, right? <laughs> very carefully, right? He's Shiva himself, very powerful, right? Very purifying. Only good comes from him, right? Very harsh lessons. Very. You can make a thousand lifetimes progress in seven years, right? But if you have kids. Right, you know, you don't put them through it <laughs> because you know the, you're going to go through your lessons and they're and they're going to struggle. No, no, you do everything to placate him, keep him calm. You know, we don't want, you know, it's like so. Kali is like that too. The real religion, everything gets ripped up. The first name of Kali Sasanama is Smashana, cremation ground. First name, not Shri like Kali Lila Sasanama. <laughs> The first name Lita Shri, <laughs> Lakshmi, <laughs> money, wealth, health, happiness, prosperity, comfort, food, <laughs> respect. That's Shri. That's the first word. Here it's Smashan, right? So if you're going to invite Smashan into your house, you you have to cover her, or or or, or let her or, or let her be covered in a uh, manifest in a form uh, that's very benign, right? We know it's the same Kali, but that's not the form that we're, oh Smashan Kali. Please burn everything. You know, we don't. We're not burning. Still, even in our, if we take a little bit, some really a little bit internally, even in, while we're actively in the world and trying to um, support ourselves and our families and our society and community, do our duties, God and country, as they say, <coughs> uh, we can still, we still need that inner transformation. Here is our virtue. Here is our vice. Here is our dharma. Here is our dharma. We give us pure love. We still want that final realization, even now. But which form of Kali is? So Takras is a form that Kali is worshipped in the house. Shama means uh, dark. And Shamala means, first is Shamala and Shama. Shamala means, Shamala just means dark colored, dark complexion. She's dark skinned. Right, like, uh, uh, and that's also, I mean, we can give a meaning. What does dark mean? Takras said, people ask, why is Kali dark? Why is Kali black? No, she's black because she's far away. 
right? If you and just gave the example, of the, of the sky looks blue, a oh, beautiful blue sky. Is it blue? Come close. Here's the, I'm holding it in my hand. It doesn't look blue at all. It doesn't look like anything at all, right? The water, the ocean looks blue. You come near and you pick it up in your hand, talk with it, and there's no color at all, right? It looks blue because the distance, right? It says Krishna is described as three and a half cubits tall, but he's God. He's infinite. Why is it from a distance? A mountain looks small, right? We get oh, he's infinite. I mean. Yashoda got close enough to look in his mouth and saw the universe, mm-hmm. right? And, and then she got a little bit. She got this much distance and and a little bit of affection. The, the distance that that devotion and affection brings, he became a little little boy again, right? <laughs> right. You get you get close. There's no like a Kali is what our Kali is two feet, two three feet tall. Does it make sense to say like that? We if we got close to her, she'd be we'd we disappear and we lose our head probably, you know. <laughs> Right, so so so, so we, why is she black? That's one talk where I said Krishna is dark or Kali is dark because she's far, right? she has no color actually. That that's one another thing is that that she's Adya Shakti. Adya means primordial and dark black waters, the black space before time. Before you know, it's like it has that color of like prim- primordialness, a beginning. Also, black. All colors are in black. But all co- so every all color that's come is like all sounds are in Om. So, from Om came the, the Mala, came the universe. From black comes every possible color and it manifests. That's that's meaning also, right? Also, Sham actually Sham does not exactly mean black. Sham also means like Krishna is also described as Sham, and we would think Krishna is blue. Now and so that becomes people painting Krishna silly color blue, a cartoony type of blue, which is probably not his color, right? Uh, if it's Shamala, which means he's he's from a dark skin tradition, he's a community of darker skin, uh, uh, and Kali is also a tribal in ancient times, even go far enough back. She's from Vindyavasini, from the Vindya Mountains, which was a tribal community, right? Even go far enough back, you keep through those forests as you go into Africa, right? Into uh, maybe even an African source of the god. I mean, it could just be a black skin goddess from a black skin culture, right? In ancient times, right? Dark, dark, dark skin comes to uh, even Our Lady of Guadalupe, she's uh, um, Morenita, she, they call her. Right? She's our dark skin. It's very important because she's indigenous. She's not white skin like the like the, the colonizers, right? She's the color of. She's not Spanish. She doesn't have Spanish skin at all, right? She's Our Lady of Guadalupe, and all the songs that uh, that she's 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 dark skin like us, right? It's very important. She's not a, she's not a borrowed deity. She's indigenous deity. Right, so that's one meaning Krishna, and, and it could be like that. Um, but also described as it's not black, and she's not blue. Shama means the color of, of um, mega sham. They call it like the color of a cloud, not the cloud of a, of a rain cloud full of rain, a monsoon cloud. That would that could be monsoon cloud before it gives rain, and that's the most right now. They're waiting. Right, it's been 120 degrees in Allahabad, and the rains haven't quite come. You know, <laughs> they're beginning to hit. Kerala, they're very excited. It's slowly becoming, you know, to come, right? Have they hit south? Have they already hit? Not yet. There, there's hints of it, but they're waiting. But that first dark cloud, right? That's that's considered very beautiful, <laughs> right? And, and so that's so this is a very beautiful color. So simple. Uh, uh, somebody asked Shri why Krishna is blue or why Krishna is dark. It's a very beautiful color. He's the most beautiful. It's the most beautiful color. That's why he's blue. <laughs> blue is beautiful. Look, five, six, nine of you are wearing blue. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it must be a beautiful color, right? So, so Mars the most beautiful. Hishama Sundari, right? The, the uh, dark clouds are very beautiful, and poetic sense, and the monsoon cloud, and even now you know, during, during the rainy days, they're wax poetical and romantic, and you know, <laughs> you know there's something about that, that color, that that dark grayish blue color. Of, uh, also, Sham is considered like midnight, the color of midnight, a midnight blue. We even I think even on a, pal- a color palette, midnight blue is like a really dark blue, right? And then um, Swami um, Vigyanananda, Sri Ramakrishna's disciple, who was Nalabad, he translated uh, the Devi Bhagavatam, right? Uh, uh, and he doesn't put any commentary, right? But except there's like four or five sentences, and the whole thing is 18,000 verses, and it has four or five sentences that he put his commentary in. And one time, when, as I mentioned, he had a vision, somebody had saw Kali. The, uh, the uh, black Kali, right? And then he puts the parentheses, and then he puts in his own. It's not in the text. This is the only place he he stamps, he, he shoves his interpreta- interpretation teaching in. He said it's like staring at the sun. When you stare at the sun and look away, you see black. Right? She's so bright, you see black. That's another meaning of Shama. I like this. Like it was important enough to put this one point in it. Right? It's when it's uh, you cannot in, in that kind of light. It is there's no there, you don't see anything. So we can see blind. You can see blinded. I'm staring at the sun all over this last hour. You can, be, you can be blinded by the light, right? That's the thing. So much light you can't see. So shama, shamala, shama, shanta. So shanta means peaceful. Shanti means peace. Shanta means peaceful. So there's also uh, there's um, like in uh, there's other uh, fierce type deities like Nishingadev. There's Ugra Nishinga and Shanta Nishinga. In yoga, there's different forms of Nishingadev, right? Ugra is angry form. This is the form that he's very angry. So that form, Ugra is not worshipped by most people. I mean, we have pictures of him and we sing like that. But puja is only done very carefully. He's usually not worshipped in the home, right? He's only worshipped by brahmacharis, by naishtik brahmacharis, lifelong brahmacharis, generally. These are the rules about that, because he's strict. They're very... This form, right? But Shantanushingadev, Shingadev already now he's calmed down. Lakshmi's in his lap. Everything's, <laughs> everything. Prahlad's calmed him down, and he's with Lakshmi again. And so it's like, ah, he hasn't turned back to the normal Vishnu Rupa, right? But you can still worship him in that form. It's Shantanushingadev. So this, uh, this also this form of Kali, this Dakshina Kali in Shama Kali, at this name, she's is Shanta Kali. It's a peaceful form. Not a, she's not angry, right? Uh, 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 uh. She's not the form that destroys the universe. She's not the form that's ripping apart demons, or even you know, she's. This is a shanta form, but this form. This is the, this is one of my thoughts in my mind with the saying that that uh, this form, this simple form of simple, but this benign form of kali that's worshipped in the home, that's worshipped in our temple, that's worshipped in our in our room. You know, this <laughs> right? And we're chanting mantras and praying sattva mangala mangala. These are the, the to this form of kali, the, the form of kali that Sri Ramakrishna worshipped, that he taught, that he himself was a priest of. Uh, um, she's Chinamasta, right? She's the goddess of the ultimate transformation, right? So it's not that we need. Oh, it's like I need. This is okay. This is okay for. I can go to the temple, but really, the secret. We want the good secret stuff. The stuff you do midnight in cremation ground, and skulls, and you know, like, <laughs> right? There may be that too. I mean, there, there, there's edges of like that. But really, it's daily japa meditation. Uh, prayer, uh, um, uh, our, d- our simple, uh, our simple worship of the Divine Mother, invo- invoking her in the home. She is the goddess of the home, the form of Kali. 
Kali should be in your home, Kali should be in your heart, Kali should be in your life, Kali should be in your in your car. Right? This is the way for the ultimate transformation. This is cinema. This is how we transcend our, our, our human consciousness. But and, and it may happen dramatically, it may happen very gently. Right? Okay? Holy Mother said like that. Sometimes it happened that the waking of Kundalini by love, of, all of a sudden you find if, if pretty slowly by you purify your mind and heart and devotion to your devotion to practices and uh, holy company like this, then pretty bit by bit the ego is down and God only remains out of devotion, right? That's that is that happens by the awakening of Kundalini only, right? Even if it's not dramatic, doesn't happen dramatic. It can happen dramatically. So many ha- things happen dramatically. It can happen gently, right? Uh, but the thing about Kali, she tends to be on the dramatic side, <laughs> as, as we know, right? That's uh, and those who worship, who have uh, attraction for Kali, have an attraction for the dramatic, <laughs> a flair for the dramatic. Daima, uh, because she's a she's also the goddess of transformation, right? And it's interesting that that um, there's a general rule in Tantra. You get a general rule that the deities that can grant you blessings, right? cannot give you enlightenment this is a general rule it's not absolute rule because you can go into it behind everything is one the one divinity right so like like not saying not meant to be criticism of, of Saraswati or, or Annapurna or, or Lakshmi right do we consider that these are these are forms of the Parashakti herself right but Lakshmi gives prosperity right happiness in this world not transcendence of this world right Right, uh, 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 Saraswati gives refinement in this world. Right, knowledge, education, art. Right, uh, all the the refined qualities. Right, uh, this is you have to be careful because there's, there's Saraswati. You go deep enough, she changes her nature, and you go into the non-different from Kali, and is even her names change and her forms change. Right, but uh, so generally, uh, the uh, but Kali is a transform. She's a, 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 a illumination giving. God. She's worshipped for. She's worshipped for many things. She, people worship her to kill their enemies. <laughs> That's all that we were. They worship her also, but she's interesting. She, she, people worship her for all kinds to to kill their enemies and to and to grant prosperity and give them power and success like that. But she also is uh, she's uh, uh, she's Chinamasta. She gives a full final uh, trans- transformative liberation. So actually, it says that uh, Tipura Sundari and um, uh, uh, Kali. These are two form, the two sides of the one Mahad, Mahadevi. They give both uh, it says bukti and mukti, right? Both uh, uh, enjoyment in this world or and or in the next world and final liberation, bog and yog, union with God or enjoyment of this world, right? Um, <coughs> and 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 the li- in Lidatva Sundari, her the the the. Uh, the hope the people pray that it gives at the same time. <laughs> Kali is that it's, it's, she gives one or the other usually. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean it's like she, she gives, we we pray to her like Lakshmi, like on the point she f- she blesses us, she feeds us. We pray to help us with work and jobs and health and naturally she's also our loving mother, right? But to invoke Kali specifically, it's for ultimate for transformation, right? She'll give everything. She's giving these hands are there. She'll give everything we need, right? But she's giving things that we need for our liberation, the liberated consciousness, right? Not just to be happy in this world. Of course, every mother wants their child to be happy in this world, right? But every chi- but everybody also wants their, their child to grow up, right? Not just, uh, when you're a child, you want, of course, 
all protection, you give food, happiness, play, everything like this, education, but you don't want the child to remain a child forever, right? Kali wants the ultimate liberation of everybody, right, of her children. Uh, she'll give everything needed while we're in that path, right? Uh, so that's an important, uh, important point. And the final, um, okay, I'll end with this, what time is it now? Hmm? 6.27 Give me a little more tea the f- This verse ends with one name That will go into the next section But just to finish the verse I'll mention Pinod Nastrani No Pinod Natastani Pinod means um, Pike or spear She holds a spear In her hand But actually means This is a way In, in the uh, In the Dhyan Mantra This means she holds a trishul Right, a trident, right, uh, ekdant uh, or a trident, you know. Uh, so you can see. So now it's describing. Now it's slightly this the, the set of names is going beyond the normal description of four hands. He also holds a spear, and it's going to start describing other forms. And a few names later, it says she is she has four hands, but she also has eight hands, and she also has sixteen hands. Right, so it's describing there's all these different rupas, different forms, each one with different iconography, different weapons, different uh, rupa, different name. It's going, but this is introducing a new, a new element that she holds uh, a spear or a trident, a trishul. And the trident is important. Uh, we meditate on Shiva. Shiva, you really think of Shiva's trident, and you can say she's holding Shiva's trident or Shiva's holding her trident. It depends on how we think of it. We'll go into that in, in the future when, we, when it describes the trident more or, uh, more uh, distinctly. But her, we d- we d- last week we were discussing her, usually her weapons are seen uh, to uh, give protection from outside forces, right? Either we have a weapon like that, or a little more intimate from our inner um, um, uh, demons, our inner uh, problems. Right, that, that require an, an, a, 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 you know, a, like a knife could be a sword to fight somebody else, or a surgical st- or a surgical t- stool to do an operation on yourself. That's what I mean. But you know, it can be for inner or self things or external things. And then something Edie brought up last last week we mentioned, and then Ma's jewelry are described as about internal qualities. In general, this is a general rule, general interpretation scheme. Weapons are for. To change or uh, transform external things or int- or personal things, uh, uh, and uh, uh, and the, and the jewelry and the, these these represent our, uh, the, her own qualities, our own qualities. So it, so the the different we- weapons in Ma's hands are also seen as um, uh, uh, in the Chandi. They're interpreted. They're given the interpretation as aspects of sadhana. Right, and that's an important like, like the sword is discrimination and discernment. That's a simple way, right? Um, the uh, 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 what is it? A, um, anyways, a, each weapon will go into the weapons as 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 they're described, but they're usually seen as aspects of sadhana. And in, in the Chandi, when um, Mahishasuda was killed, the gods began to pray. I believe it's when Mahishasuda was killed in Shakaraistuti, and he says, actually, the, the Mahisha, he was the first demon, right, Mahisha. Yes, Mahisha's in that cluster. Uh, when Mahisha was killed, those demons, they deserve, they're now thinking, the gods are now putting words in Ma's mouth. Right? To me, this is a very important verse. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't think about it and put it to read it properly, but I can give the gist of it. 
He says they're putting in like you thought, and then they, they put in Mosnet. These demons deserve long. They're so sinful. They deserve long suffering in hell. Right. That's a tr- that's the truth. Right. But let them be killed by my weapons, held by my hands. Right. And let them therefore attain heaven. Very interesting. He says, and then, then the gods go back, you are so merciful even to such horrible enemies, even these lower energies, right? If we consider the demons external or internal, right? right? They deserve to be destroyed and suffer what they get, right? But these weapons, by anything that's killed by Devi gets liberated, right? They at least attain heaven, either mukti or heaven, right? The same word is used in this, in, in, in this sense. Right, so that sadhana transforms things it doesn't destroy things we use that language of destroying but it's for transformation because that the energy the prana in and one powerful scene after one of the scenes in the chandi where all the god all the demons have been killed maybe in the first scene and um uh, uh devi devi's uh, vahana the lion roams around the um the, the the battlefield sucking the prana of all the slain demons right very interesting scene right you know because Maybe they're external demons. Maybe they're describing external demons of the ancient world, or we we take it as uh, we can only take it practically as our own things that we're struggling with, right? How much prana, how much of our life force and energy and consciousness and and thought goes in and these knots that we have that are controlling? And, and if, how much energy we put into fighting them? How many put it we we, uh, we put into the when they're released, like. A great relief, right? These things are released and transformed, and and we use yogis. There's a science, how to use the energy of the slain demons, right? In in that story, or the energy of our own karmas that are our burning karmas, right? For our sadhana, right? These trans, these are th- this becomes the fuel of our sadhanas, right? You know, uh, <coughs> you shouldn't just you know kill them and throw them away, right? You know, we like uh, like just like this fire you see we keep throwing there's a description in the in 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 the yoga shastra one way of imagining our karmas right our past karma our, our, our samskara we have imagine i some uh, like a like a um uh phone book i'm back when they had phone books these people didn't even make those things anymore like you know like a yellow pages right super thick like this right you can't you, you can't grip it now, now big strong guys can't grip it you know the, the, the show of their macho-ness right, right. <laughs> but it, and but and we've done this in Boy Scouts we used to do like that. what you do you take it and, and you, you, you top your first few pages you crumble up a little bit and you light it on fire and that burns right and it burns the whole thing doesn't burn it's so thick there's no oxygen there's no air there's no fuel right but there's potential fuel tremendous right as the top ones light the next ones light and as that those begin to the next layer begins to light, that's how our karmas are manifesting generally, right? Uh, we have the karmas that are firing. This is our life right now, where our experience is like that. Okay? And these fire, the ones in the nisik will then fire like this. Sadhana, spiritual practice with these weapons, like the, uh, the descriptions, japa, puja, meditation, scripture study, holy company, going to temples, going on pilgrimages, all these uh, yoga, prana, all the things that, that they're at the details of our spiritual life. These are, the, the, another name for sadhana is tapasya. Tapasya means burn, to burn something, right? So this is conscious, we're lighting, we're, we're like in Boy Scouts also, when we had one of those things burning, once in a while you poke at it, 
get more to burn quicker. <laughs> Not just, uh, given the time, it will, it will take 10 hours for the thing to burn. But if you work on it, you can burn it quickly. Not that we want to, we want to, we want to burn. That's one thing. But we want the, the fire. Fire itself will burn more, right? The 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 the, the karmas become the fuel for our, our spiritual life, which burns karmas. That's the the fuel for the burning of more fuel, that type of thing, right? So this is an aspect of this is one way to understand sadhana. One way to understand her killing the demons with her weapons was the aspects of sadhana. Trishul and these things we'll talk as we go on. There's no time. There's, we think a lot about Trishuls. A lot can be said about Trishuls. <laughs> and uh, in our book, there's a lot of the uh, section writing on Trishuls. We thought about a lot about it. But <coughs> um, but the nature of, 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 of transformative sadhana, burning our karmas. We've, uh, we've talked in the last few weeks about punya and papa, the burning of karmas, uh, and the, uh, the killing of demons. And What is it all... We want these things. We want these things uh, changed, and the fuel from that will be used for. It means it means a, a conscious spiritual advancement. All of us it will burn. You know, next one will burn. Next one will burn. Back will burn. The next sheik will burn. The next one will, it will happen. But you can pour ghee on it. You can poke at it. You can you can you can do stuff to it to make it burn more, right? <coughs> and so that means conscious spirit. Every we there, there's a general belief in kind of. Uh, uh, general Hindu Hindui type of circle, you know, yogi type of circle, dharmaki type circle, that oh, everybody's just making spiritual progress. Every, everybody's getting there. Everybody will get there. And this comes from the basic belief that anything that created by God will cannot be separated from God permanently, right? So we can, we'll all every the idea there's universal salvation for everybody. Nobody will be eternal. Everybody because anything comes from God will have to. Yeah. So that's a general view. So that may be true. We're all working our way there. It's also true you can you can you can bind yourself more and 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 more, and more right? So, but <coughs> whether we're gently getting there, or you, but but when you consciously try to get, you try to make spiritual. We're on the spiritual path. We're consciously walking. Sometimes we use like, oh the consciousness movement or those who are in con- we use like we bring con- we're consciously trying to do something, right? <coughs> and so that and therefore we, we want to want this to go fast. We want transformation fast. We want realization now or soon at least. Sooner than later, not at the end of the creation. Eventually, everybody will attain. Light. You know that maybe. You know that's it's a cop out. Sometimes it's good. <laughs> it, it, it stop thinking. Well, everybody else is damned and never forever separated from God because they don't. It it it, it, it liberates that idea, right? The idea of that that everybody does. There's no eternal damnation because nothing does not. There's no eternal act that leads to an eternal result that can counteract the natural, the eternal connection with God. So that's a stupid idea, and that's the foundation of most religions. That's the teaching of most religions. If you think about it, it's a stupid. I- I'm sorry. It's a, it's, a, it's a stupid idea. I'll say it right in the camera. You know, right? I can I can boldly say it. Right, right. But. That's not just that. Just that. So it liberates that, but it's, that doesn't actually help anything. It doesn't make you realize God. It may, maybe makes you not be horrible towards, or think horrible, or, 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 or to your own community, your own children, or people of another community. Maybe healthier thinking. It may be true, right? But doesn't it's still not help? It's actually not um, uh, uh, doesn't lead to liberation, right? So, so, uh, spiritual practice, consciously working towards it, or praying for it, right? Uh, and sometimes it's not praying for it. Sometimes it's praying to those who love God. That is praying for it. You know, if you want, if you want only God, that's what we call, in uh, intellectually, we call that liberation. 
when you have only God. For devotee, liberation, not liberation, that's not the thing. We want only those who want to love God. Those who love God want only to love God with no separation, nothing in the way, no no impurity, no selfishness, no like that. That, that if you were to analyze that and describe that, the, 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 uh, the, yogi, the, the uh, sages call that liberation, right? It's the same thing said from a different side. Anyways, we talked in circles today. Sometimes it's like, any questions or comments? So much I have one question. Mm. If the mother Kali has a severe head mm. on her left hand, yeah. pot, <coughs> and if she has a small mm-hmm. on her right mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. so, so that we have a form like that too. Yeah, right. It's it's not Dakshina Kali, even though sometimes her foot, is, right foot, is forward, mm-hmm. and like yeah, we we have a statue, right her foot is forward, so it's Dakshina Kali. You know, we think, but that could be. Sometimes it was also called, uh, what the name, uh, some texts will say that's Mahakali. But uh, Mahakali, him in great color, there's no, these are just, but sometimes they say, oh, that's Mahakali, because it's not, it's not the classic form as period of Dhyan Mantra and Tantrasada, where we get this term Dakshinakali, is, this is like a form, she has this, or this, she's whole, you know, the form we have in the library, and that we have an, a very old, hundred year old Kali there, right? Yeah, we call her Jungle Kali. Right, the small uh, vanakali, which has that bob to it. Even her sword's different. It's not like the head. It's a, it's like a. a di- it's like yeah, hmm? it's a straight sword. It's a straight sword. It's not the symbolic head chopper. It's like a, on guard. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very different type of. It's out of Lord of the Rings or something. It's, it's a different type. Of, it's a different type of sword, you know. So that's the thing is her, the hands that there's no hands doing this. The hands that are doing this are have weapons. Have other weapons in it. So that could be considered a form of smashan kali, perhaps. You know. Uh, but sometimes I've seen that uh, in some texts described as uh, Mahakali, just to give a name for that form of Kali, because it doesn't fit the Dhyan Mantra of Smashan Kali or Dhyan Kali exactly, right? But it's become very popular. So many, I think it's actually one of the more popular forms of Kali. Even our ashram in India, I think it's we call our Kali. She's also Sudeshudi uh, uh, um, uh, Dakshina Kali. It's her name, right? But she's also holding. She's not. Ho- she's also holding the bowl and. These type of things. She's not holding the normal, the normal things of the Jan Mantra. So what does that pot signify? We'll get, we'll get oh. to her bowl, right? Actually, even the next group of names, uh, she's. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Gora, uh, no, no. Madana Mananatura. Madana. She, she's. It's. It holds. It's described as holding blood, right? Which is cool. We'll describe this very deep meanings like that what this means also which means prana ultimately right it also describes as holding mead or uh, um, a varuni this is like wine or uh, wine made from honey it's a jungle it's a it's a it's a it's a name for wine um, uh, from the jungle forest wine it's not not what we buy. Trader Joe's doesn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Balaram, Lord Balaram liked this varuni also. This uh, 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 means like it's like honey, jungle honey wine, a forest honey wine, like this, right? But it means, but so it symbolizes intoxication, right? And uh, but a divine intoxication, and and also the the bowl that she's holding. It's not just a bowl. It's kapala. It's made from a, also a skull. So we can give all kinds of tantric and kind of Halloweeny type of meanings of this, right? Which is nice, but but also it means I remember because we where's my coconut? Here's, can you hand me that coconut cup? It's above there. Six forty-two. Okay, we have to go in. This is this is a veggie. Ver- this is a vegan version. Of <laughs> 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 you get this for you. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
uh, uh, uh. So it rep- represents the same thing, the coconut cup, that the, the kamandalus that the sadhus are carrying. This comes from the same type of thing. So this is the skull, right? And the skull, ultimately, there's amrita in the skull. And so ideally, we're drinking amrit. Right, whether or not we should do it in a skull cup, whether that makes things amrit, that becomes a little magical and tantric and on the edgy type of behavior. But we're supposed to think that that, that from inside there's amrit always high point from the center. There's this gets into yogic things of the different chakras in the in the forehead, inside the brain, like like that that that, that are drop dripping amrit, right? And yogis drink that amrit. Even even hatha yogi is supposed to drink that amrit. The head stand, the shoulder stand is supposed to drink that amrit. There's all, that's the purpose of some of these things, right? But yogis can also do it ritualistically by using something a, 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 a object of ritual power like a skull or coconut cup or clay cup you know <laughs> we, we keep getting step it down the more symbolic than, <laughs> than actual right but really we should be drinking but so what we're doing we're ritualizing what we're trying to do that this is a whole other topic of ritual action and ritual object that's a maybe we can discuss those things as we get to those things that's a very just very fascinating topic which I love very much right because over time, by practice, by association, drinking out of out of a cup is drinking out of your skull, right? By time, right? We don't know how to drink out of the skull. We know how to drink out of a cup. We can make drinking out of the cup, drinking out of the something. We can, that's the nature. You can do something you know what to do, but have it mean something bit by bit, something we don't know what to do, right? So that's the thing. But like, I don't know how to tra- how to burn my my karmas, but I know how to make this burn my karmas, right? So this becomes a symbol, but and consciousness is there's no there's no separation between a thought and the thing you know all these things are in my own conscious you know so that it, this is a a, a a sadhu way of, of ritualizing every action so anyways this is one of the meanings of that she holds uh, the um, um, the blood of demon she holds blood of um, uh, her own blood she, in, in the shinamasta she holds it she, she holds her own head in a plate or a cup in the custom time, in, in Tibetan descriptions of her, she holds a skull cup with her own head, drinking her own blood. So it's giving, you know, it's, it's making it thicker and thicker of the, of the symbolism of this. So it's not unrelated. It's related to this. And then Kapala Shiva holds, there's a lot of meaning to Shiva drinking out of a skull cup and Kali holding a skull cup. But uh, even a Ram Pri, uh, Trevor Hall song has included it or is yes. it she drinks out of a skull cup if you have any demons she'll drink them up that's one of the lines Usha wrote the song and <laughs> he sings it at every every concert everybody screams back <laughs> Om Shakti Om Shakti it's her in the song Om Shakti Om Usha wrote the song he made he put it the words put it on an album <laughs> but uh, 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 yeah, it's one of those uh, my uh, my mother drinks the most skull cup if you have any demons she'll drink them up that's a line it's <laughs> a very good line so it's a deep Alright, we should do RIT. Otherwise, the one holding a sword will be angry at us. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Ushama. Hmm? Ushama. <laughs> Ushama also holds a sword. <laughs> 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 <laughs>